0: hello and welcome everybody to the golf lovers united podcast i am ben golf love uk available on twitter or on instagram on, e- on either of those with that handle now if you go to twitter and instagram you'll see me talking a lot more about sub 70 who you can see on my hat here i have got jay have you seen the video of my my engraved wedges There's the, the engraving video yet
1: yeah, yeah. The The I engraving process was really interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I've i had it done previously with some uh, tail made wedges uh, a, yeah. a, a while ago, but yeah, it, it's a really cool process.
0: And that voice was, of course, my uh, partner in crime, Jay Pro <laughs> Golf Critic, and you will find him on Twitter and a little bit on Instagram, but you just like Instagram mm-hmm. less, don't you?
1: Um... <laughs> Yeah, I found out that I kind of have to stay off of Instagram. There, there's a little too many uh, too many, <laughs> too many minefields out there that it, it's just just better for me to sort of stay off of that. But uh, oh, no, mine's I, I, I'm on it intent- tangentially. Mine's
0: just golf, barbecued meats, and the odd like video of um, like industrial stuff happening in like china or mm. india like people mm. using big machinery basically that is my <laughs> is the whole of my instagram i don't see anything other than like big machinery being used in like the far East and in india barbecued meats um <laughs> a lot of the carnivore <laughs> diet and golf
1: <laughs> that is my oh interesting thing. okay nice yeah yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. it's it's a there, there's a lot of different routes to go go down on on um instagram i just prefer twitter for various reasons to think that it's uh i've I've got most most of my content pretty well curated on there so yeah it's a little little bit better for me all right well let's dive into the show um i want to start
0: with something that's been in my mind now for the last sort of two weeks three weeks and Hmm. viewers if you just allow me just to maybe just go off on a tangent just for just for a minute i think jay and i've been very very clear although we've had slightly differing views since sort of october on what happens i think both jay and i always felt that a deal was probably unlikely in the um june 6th uh remit of what people thought would happen and it's, it he feels now the further we're going on that we were right although jay and i we had different ideas didn't we, on what that might look yep. like we both kind of felt that a deal would be unlikely in the right. way that it was being proposed, correct
1: yeah, correct I, th- I think the main thing was that like um, any reality to the merger where live golf didn't exist in some some form, we already knew what was never gonna <laughs> yeah gonna happen yeah. like that that was the the big thing. Um, I wanted uh, some level of merger to come through where there was this like you know everybody was was sort of working more in uh, in lockstep. Um, it definitely seems like that's not the case. I think that there's just too many competing ob- opinions. There's too many egos. There's there's just there's there's too of much arrogance. of that going on. Yeah, there's oh, a lot yeah of arrogance. for sure. Yeah. And, and I but, think uh, that
0: it's, it's, it's safe to say there's been some arrogance in some of the comments we've heard recently from some PGA Tour players. And not understanding, having any base knowledge of how private equity works. Private equity is about creating profit, about creating value, about creating returns. It's not about giving and supporting golf because you like golf. That isn't what it's about. Now, I'm not going to get into that because we're going to do that in a later show, aren't we, Jay? Where we're going to really dive into that. And I know that you and I both actually got a very similar idea, which is I think Yazir should just offer... That offer SSG a, a ton of money by the DP world tour, the DP world tour will be very happy. SSG have got yep. a load more money and they can all go their separate ways. And I know that we've yep. both got similar ideas on how that can work, but we'll go on to that in more detail. But what I want to talk about, Jay, and this is something I've never spoken to you about, and I was going to do a sermon on it. And I actually felt it was too important just to do in 90 seconds. Okay. I would argue three of the most impressive people that we've seen, or four of the most impressive people, but three have come a slightly different route we've seen in the last two, three years on on live are Neiman, under 25, Shikara, under 25. I know he's suffered with injuries and had a few up and downs, yeah. but look, the guy's a stick. He's a great player. He's one of the yeah. few people to ever won on Liv. Um, now Caleb Surratt, and then we've got a couple of the younger guys that we've had, that we've seen in... Um, Puge and Ortiz, and we had Pyatt before, and Turk Petit, right? Mm. Also got Ang Diogletree, younger guy who's, who's who's come through that sort of college ranks. Now, mm-hmm. I wonder, with the success of Caleb Surratt and the eyes that are now on Liv from college golf, because if you look at the Tennessee page, the Tennessee page tweets about Liv Golf, because they're... Oh. <laughs> their, oh, I can't what you guys call it, their, 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 their ex-student, what do you guys call it over there? Uh, alumni? Their alumni, Caleb yeah. Caleb Surratt, is playing on live and absolutely balling yeah. out. So oh, yeah, here's a suggestion, Jay. Mm-hmm. If I'm Yuzir, I go to the NCAA and say, I would like you to run a tournament, which I will pay for, mm-hmm. and you will give me or you or not give me and the two top players in that tournament that enter will win a space on live for the next year. Mm. You can get players choose to enter, but they enter on the basis that if they win, they join live. And I think, or you you can get some permutations of how that might actually work. But I love the idea of getting some official college tournament with your best official college players and getting a pathway for college golfers into live. Now, yeah. we don't know the exact numbers for Caleb Surratt. We've been told rough numbers. And I'm going to say it's around about five to six million as a sign on fee. Plus whatever he can win. Okay? Yeah. Now if you are backing yourself, and people say, "Oh well, go go to the PGA Tour, do that if you want," but there's no guarantee you're not going to get injured. There's no guarantee it's not going to be a really really difficult year for you, and you just not quite get your card and have to go play yeah. corn ferry for a couple of years, or for sure. you can go to live, take four, five, six million dollars, earn one hundred twenty thousand an event, cut your teeth, and I think he's proven. He is an absolute baller. So oh, no what do you think, Jay, of the yeah. idea of formalizing, maybe not through the NCAA, maybe through how you don't, maybe you don't need to do that. Maybe you just write to each of the colleges independently and see who yeah. wants to send players. What do you think of the idea of creating a formal pathway through American college golf?
1: So I think that's tricky. Um, I think that they are – so this is actually something that's going on with with the Genesis Invitational now uh, where they have this uh, college showcase right right before the, the event. I think it's the Monday before where the winner of that event, I think it's only 18 holes, uh, they um, automatically earn access to this particular PJ Tour event. So there is precedence for this, and I do think that the PJ Tour is also starting to sort of – smooth out those um, amateur pathways and sort of granting you know tour cards to the the you know top college players and I do think uh, you know there's a, a very strong chance live is, is sort of doing that I think that the problem with that uh, that I see is that um, I mean sometimes <laughs> and this is gonna sound sound bad but sometimes you know uh, the person that wins isn't necessarily the the best fit. So, uh, like, you know if uh, they offered some something like like this last season, and, and Caleb Surratt, he he doesn't win, and there's another player that that wins and and sort of gets invited to live, uh, that that may not be what's best for the league. Like, I like this idea of sort of you know handpicking from a certain group from a select group. Like, I think that that's probably the way things need to continue on, and, and I think using the the world amateur golf rankings is actually a really good, a really strong way of, of sort of taking uh you know because you know Surat was was uh, constantly in the uh, top ten, you Eugenio was in the top ten I think I think he was number two uh, when he went over to live uh, I think think Pooj was you know top ten as well, uh, uh, and I think Piot was actually way to, way down the list but he happened to win one big event. Yeah, he won the um, he he won he won the USM. Yeah, he won he his, the USM. Uh, M- yeah, yeah. But he he wasn't that highly ranked overall as as an am. He, well, he, was, um, he, was, he was even third, that twelfth, or twelfth or thirteenth,
0: twelfth or thirteenth when he won it. He really wasn't high up, was he? No,
1: nah, he was he was pretty far up far down. I don't have the uh, the list in, in front um, in front of me, but he he was I'll not really cons- He he was not considered to be a a top um, amateur player. He just wasn't so. Um, and I, th- I think that they, sh- they should be sort of picking, um, you know, from a short list. Um, and I think using the World Amateur rank- Rankings is a great way to do it. I think that I like the all point system. And usually I'm very down on sort of any way of ranking players. But the World Amateur Golf Rankings finds a, a way to uh, somehow bring together these things, college tournaments, high-level amateur tournaments, team events like all of those things and sort of merge them and and sort of figuring out a list that's actually pretty accurate uh because nick dunlap was high on that that list who obviously won the pj tours and amateurs surat was high high up on that list 86
0: Um, james pyatt was ranked 86th when he won it yeah
1: yeah and he was
0: (laughs) he was 13th in the pecking order for the um Sorry, he was thirteen away from estimated thirteen away from the U.S. Walker Cup team. So he mm. was that far off yeah. being seen yeah. as an elite amateur, really. But yeah. he, he's won the USM. You can't take that away from me. He, he had two years on live. You can't take yeah. that away from him either.
1: Yeah, that that's why I kind of want to steer clear of sort of your performance in one per- particular event. I think that you know your your body of work and being able to select the player that has the most pers- personality, the one that's going to be the best fit. But I think to, that to that's con- really the to, way to go.
0: To, to, yeah. to not argue with that, but to give a counterpoint. Mm-hmm. What about the fact that we already have for live a three person, you have, you have Andy Ogletree qualified through his year long performance, which is yeah. kind of what you're talking about. But mm-hmm. we did have three players qualify yeah. for this year from a playoff event. Now it might turn out those three weren't the best three players and weren't the best fit which <laughs> which validates your argument. All I'm trying to say is that and however we f- however it ends up happening, I think the idea of trying to formally or maybe you have two places one that is picked and one that is earned. That right. might be that, that might be the yeah. answer. I like yeah. the idea of of getting the colleges involved in some sort of televised event because we know it will draw eyes. And getting that younger college fan base involved now and early is key. And yeah. it's interesting to see how many people were hashtag Caleb Surratt hashtag Tennessee Volunteer hashtag <sighs> because they were there, they were they were his fellow students. He's their alumni. Whatever. Yeah. And I, I just wonder if there's something there. Maybe you're right. Maybe you don't give both places to one of yeah. them. Maybe you give one place the event yeah. and one that you handpick. No, it's fair.
1: Like I think. Uh, look, if this is something that uh, ties into live potentially getting OWGR points, then we can have a discussion about about that. But yeah. the problem with the OWGRs is they're just so inc- inconsistent about like what it takes to actually earn points, and we already know that like uh, you know behind the scenes it's not necessarily about you know, the criteria, it's all kind of subjective. So, so like what I want is for them to just sit in a room and figure this out. Like, this is not, this is not, not, we know it's not, and that's part of the problem. Like we already know that this is not going to happen because this is the last, it's basically the last sort of line of defense that the, the BJ tour and the the golf establishment have against live because once Liv starts getting points and starts getting access to the majors, like, I mean, it's sort of game. It's game over at that, that point. Like they're going to keep uh, continue to sort of hemorrhage talent. I think that they are going to st- still continue to hemorrhage talent regardless. Um, and I think it is going to be on the majors to sort of make, make an adjustment here in the next couple of years, but they're, they're definitely going to hold, hold out 2024. I don't think there's going to be any changes. Um, and I don't know. I, like I get this this sneaky suspicion that like the majors are not going to make any sort of uh you know concessions to live or like live players to get more live players in, in the majors. I've we, I'm yeah. we know we know the US Open won't. No.
0: We know we know at the moment the Open won't. And please right. people stop telling me it's called the British Open. It's called the Open <laughs> Championship.
1: Well, yeah.
0: it It was called the open championship when it first happened just the fact that a few random british people have called it the british open doesn't necessarily make it the british open
1: well it's damning it's damning to have those those few like back in some of that archive footage calling it the the british open yeah it's damning i will say that
0: i assume they were just paid off (laughs) <laughs> um, we know the Open's not going to change we know the US right. Open's not going to change we know the PGA mm-hmm. Tour PGA Tour sorry the PGA uh, Championship is definitely not going to change with Seth Warren the way that he they found some way with him and um, the US Open of trying to find a way of getting Taylor Gooch to trickle down the rankings the, only, the <laughs> yeah. only ones the only ones that could change and I don't see them doing it but could change are the Masters because I don't think Fred Ridley wants there to ever be a conversation saying you didn't have the best players. They yeah. never want there to be an asterisk against their tournament. Now mm-hmm. I know there'll be people screaming at this going, Taylor Gooch isn't good enough. If you don't think Taylor Gooch is in the top 50 golfers in the world, yeah. you're quite frankly simple. Yeah. We don't yeah. have to Just- agree on him being <laughs> 12 or 18th or 30th. But if you look at the top 50 golfers in OWGR and you don't Mm -hmm. think that Taylor Gooch is better, people forget when he went to live, he was ranked 32nd or 31st in OWGR when he went across.
1: He was, yeah, he he was in the uh, thirties and he didn't, uh, he missed like half of the season and and still was in the top 30 on the PJ tour getting the invite to.
0: And since then has just just spent his time beating Cam Smith, DJ (laughs) Brooks and Bryson. So let's look, I don't want to have an OTJ conversation. It's not about that. But
1: look, if you ask any of those players, not only the players on live, but also PJ tour players like Max Homa and like Xander Shoffley and like guys that I know that he's played golf with, they're all going unanimous, to unanimously say that Taylor Gurch is the top 50 player. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just yeah. a fact. So, uh, and maybe like that, that might be the way that this needs to go. (laughs) Maybe we need to have the players have their own set of rankings that are sort of more unbiased. Like that might be one way to do it. I have actually said this, that if the players
0: wanted this to be over, they could all come together and sort this out. But Hey, we've had that conversation before. We're not going to have it now. You and I are going to go on for hours otherwise. So I'm going to ask you a question. Jake Paul, a Super Bowl party, Brooks Kepka doing promo reels, Brooks Kepka's wife being um, very entertaining, doing great videos <laughs> with the Super Bowl party, linking in the golf, linking in the Super Bowl, a younger audience, a different celebrity audience. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes' wife, is it Brittany? I can't remember, what's the... The quarterback documentary on Netflix is fantastic. I think it's Britney. I think it's Britney. I've yeah,
1: Brittany uh, Mahomes, who looks a lot like uh, the actress Blake Lively. She's like a dead ringer for her. So. Does she?
0: Yeah, just um, FYI. Just think that, is is Liv tapping into a new audience? And is it quite deliberate what they're doing?
1: Yes, absolutely. And this is one of the things that I've been very big on live from the beginning is, and this is something that people in the golf establishment do not want to admit, there is a pretty large segment of the uh, population, specifically in the United States, that does not like golf culture the the way that it is. Like There's a lot of people in the United States that are anti-golf establishment for a lot of reasons. One the sort of closed off na- nature of golf, it obviously, you know, there's this sort of private club, uh, cl- private club culture that sort of uh, turns a lot of pe- people off for a variety of reasons. Uh, that's not something I'm gonna gonna get into in detail, but it's 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 definitely out there. Um, the fact that look, I mean, especially here in the United States, golf it does sort of cater to a sort of a more uh, a a demographic that has more money, that's a little bit more sort of upper middle class to upper class. And I think there's a lot of people that don't like that. Um, and that's one of the big things that I've been trying to break down is that golf is really a, a game for um, everyone. This uh, perception that it's only for certain people is is totally bogus. It's something that, that needs to be put in the trash. Um, and I think the more you get these sort of mainstream guys that are certainly not country club or like private or private club types promoting golf and promoting the game. And I think Jake Paul's a great example of that. Like uh, when Brooks Kepka went on his podcast uh, last year um, and they were talking about some of the comments Brooks made about, uh, you know, country club kids and stuff, stuff like that. Like it was something that uh, was a really great conversation and really interesting. And it's something that they're starting to tap into. Um, And I think this is all part of the sort of grand plan of live is that there is way more people out there that um, are not part of the golf culture that are part of it. So if you're able to tap into that and sort of start growing that audience that would not have had access to golf previously, uh, I think that's a really big one. And the YouTube uh, sort of universe, YouTube community is a big part of too. that Jake Paul is also part of.
0: Yeah, and you you look at people like the Nelk boys. Now, there have been many people listening to this that don't know who the Nelk boys are, and I'll be honest, until 18 months ago, I had no, no <laughs> idea who the Nelk boys were. Same. But, yeah, to have them involved with Bryson and what Bryson's doing, and I look, Pauline Negretzky, she's got a million followers, Jenna Sims got, like, 300,000, and it's people, like, mm-hmm. it, it's actually... What Liv are doing very cleverly and is they've got, they've got the partners very much involved. So rather than it just yeah. being Brooks play, no one sees Jenna, it's actually live very cleverly got, got the partners involved. They're beautiful women. They're entertaining in the way they are with their posts and their fans and people like mm-hmm. them. And they add more of a depth to the golf than just hitting a ball with a stick. It's, yeah. I know it sounds daft. It feels like the way that Jenna Sims and Paulina Gretzky and the Nelk boys and other people are involved with, with Liv and Ben Baller, it's actually, yeah. Liv is becoming a a lifestyle brand. And I yes. hate myself for saying that because I sound like <laughs> such a tosser. <laughs> because the way I phrased it, but do you know what? I, do you see what I mean? Yeah. The way that you, if, you, you, if you've got people like Jenna and Paulina and and Jake Paul and the others banging the drum on your behalf, you're no yeah. longer just a sport. You're trying
1: to be something else. And I actually think Live is really doing something quite clever there. Yes, and that's what golf, on its own, was was never going to do. They were never going to tap tap it into that. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> Like, look, Augusta National has tried to do some some of that by like Im, um, inviting Dude Perfect to like film at like Amen Corner and stuff like that. But it's it's still it's not as. And look, Dude Perfect is very very mainstream and one of the biggest YouTube channel channels out there. But um, I don't know if that's that's necessarily what they did is sort of bringing in new fans, new people to watch because it's really like a cultural thing. Like you really need to. That was Bryson. Wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. it do perfect in Bryson? That wasn't even the PGA. Yeah, at yeah, all. Bryson was in it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Bry- Bryson was, was involved in that. Um, um, and again, Bryson is a huge component of this as well that we talked about with the whole YouTube space and and just sort of this like cultural element to golf is something that um it's not especially here uh, in the United States, it's not talked about nearly enough. uh Tiger was able to, when he came on the scene in the night, uh, on the scene in the '90s, he was able to tap into this a, a little bit because culturally, y- you start to see the game sort of op- open up to different demographics. Like that still needs to happen on a grander scale, and it's it's more cultural than it is like ethnic. It's more of of like tapping into pop culture and like you know like if you can get you know some of these huge huge. Uh, pop culture stars like you know Justin Bieber and like all the these other guys that they play golf a lot in their spare time. There's no question about it. Uh, getting those guys to sort of uh, tie into the PGA Tour, it's it's not really a fit. Um, it's no. way more of a fit with with Live Golf because Live Golf is anti golf establishment. They they just are. That's like part of the brand, um, and it's part of the reason why I like Live so so much that I try to. Uh, tell people all all the time, like it's a really, really important part of this. It's a really uh, important part of the equation. That's just sort of goes completely glossed over a lot of times.
0: Look, we've answered the question. We answer the question. I pose is live tapping into a new fan market. And I think the answer is definitely yes. Yes. And what I will say on that is anecdotally, and this is going to make, what does Ben's friends and family mean? Well, I have a cousin who was not massively a fan of Liv, didn't like it. And I had two or three out of my close 10 friends that like golf. We already discussed my brother-in-law never watches any golf. He's got no issue. He never watches any golf. <laughs> he loves playing it, loves organizing it, loves running the Sunday scramble in society, but he's probably watched about 10 hours in his life. But I had three or four friends in our, two, three, four friends in our close group who who didn't like Live. didn't like the product. Two of those three, and my cousin making three of the four, have said, do you know what? I'm actually enjoying it. And the point that two of them made was that exact point Guy Charnock brought up that you said about the other day, which is, I haven't got time to keep up with elevated events, non-elevated events, FedEx Cup rankings, this ranking, this ranking. Oh my God, I like watching golf and I can watch 13 singles events and one team event. It's on these days and it takes five and a half hours to go from beginning to end. That's the new, that is the new fan and recapturing some of the old fans. I think I've got you on mute there, Jay.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, that's the, the the simplicity of live golf is like part of the beauty of it. Um, and I, I follow a few accounts on Twitter that like follow all the people that, that get invited to the signature events on the PJ tour. And it is like, it's like a calculus e- equation <laughs> like it's it's like i don't know any casual fan that's going to be interested in um, oh how do the these players qualify for this event like how does the, it work uh, all people want to know is that like the players that they like are playing in, in these events and like they know where to find it they know when it's going to be they know where it's going to be, like, if they want to attend it, they know that they're going to be be playing all three days. There's no cut where you might miss uh, one of your favorite players on the weekend. Like, that's one of the big things about the PJ Tour. That's this, like, um, if they want to be more fan friendly, they need to have more no-cut events. Because, like, look, uh, people are going to the Genesis Invitational, specifically to see Tiger Woods play golf. If he happens to miss the cut and he's not there Saturday and Sunday, there's gonna be a lot less people that are gonna be at the event. There's no question about it. So uh yes, yeah, like you want to make it like a meritocracy and all that. And it's like I I fully understand that. The most important thing that golf needs to do moving forward is they absolutely need to be capturing more of the casual fan. Like it can't just be about the players. Like it's been that way it's been about the pj tour execs and the the players uh, that have been driving the decision making for way too long and the fans have not even been in the top five considerations yeah the fans need to be moved first and live golf has tapped into that it needs to be easier to follow you need to know all of your favorite players are going to be playing in specific events and it doesn't have to be every event Uh, it just has to be a certain amount that you know these guys are going to be in it's part of the reason why the majors are as big as they are. You know that the best players are going to be playing in them. Well, uh, and anyway. you know when it's going to be. Well, I mean, for now, like that's where there, there might be like like a deterioration over the next couple of years starting this year. Uh, I mean, really go, going back to, uh, to last year it started to deteriorate a little bit. So, uh, yeah, like this is something, something that we absolutely need to keep, keep an eye on. And it's something that we need to keep pushing in professional golf. Because if we all want golf to be bigger and better, like this is the path. Like this is clearly the the way to do it. It's not this old outdated model and we have to change.
0: Okay. Let's, let's move on on change outdated model, bigger and better sun day red. (laughs) Yeah. Now I am the first to admit, Mm -hmm. I thought the logo was Okay. I thought it was yeah. a little bit like outline of an animal in portrait, on the move, a bit like the shark. And yeah, I made it's unoriginal. That. But I yeah. will say it looks way better on the course than it does on a piece of paper. Oh, for And sure. yeah. I think that maybe there was some heart- I Look, I'm going to put out there, I am never going to change my mind on sun, day, red. I don't get it. Looks... <laughs> odd, looks weird. Just call
1: it SDR. It's, yeah. SDR. Is well, much, and much the good. SDR
0: being split in a really weird way. Look, just call it yeah. Sunday red because that's what everyone calls it. Wearing a Sunday red. Like he, he yeah. the phrase was Sunday best and mm. golfers now know it as Sunday red. Like I, no, yeah. I'm not going to get into that. What I will say is it looks way better on the course. The, yeah. the logo looks so much better in use. Yes. But, what do you make of the fact that they repurposed an old <laughs> Twitter account, which had <laughs> videos and oh comments on videos asking girls to drop them a DM, taking the mick out of Jordan Spieth, saying, <laughs> "Do you want to? Do you want to message me back?" No, I don't. If, if you want to message a girl and say, "Do you want to message me back?" Hey it's a puncher's chance. You want to message a hot girl saying, do you want to message me back? You go for it. You shoot your shot. I got no issue with that. That's not that's not my issue. My issue isn't with some guy trying to sleep with some amazing tennis player. You want to do that, buddy? You go for it. And if and look, I applaud you for trying. Look, if you don't you miss 100% of the shots <sighs> you don't take. Mm. But don't buy that account and not scrub it if
1: you're launching a new brand. <laughs> Tell me your story. It seems very clear to us about that. Um, and it's just pretty crazy that like it, it took a few of us to sort of expose some of those tweets. Um, and there were a few things that were kind of a smoking gun that, that like found a lot. Yeah. Kelly <laughs> found, found a lot. And then I found the one where uh, the, the guy was communicating directly with someone that's, a uh, part of the man- management team at Made, like asking. Oh, yeah, he was at, the office. yeah, I forgot
0: that. Yeah, I forgot that one. So, when you tell people what you found, so this is, like, yeah. look, for anyone who wasn't aware, Sunday Red came out with a Twitter account. But when you looked at the Twitter account, it said it existed since 2010, yeah. which was really weird. Well like, well, Sunday Red yeah. wasn't started until a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So then it realized, people realized, well, actually, they purchased and repurposed an old account. Mm-hmm. And, some people try to say, it was just some guy. Well, it turned out not to just be some guy. It turned out to be someone very much involved with golf. We don't quite know who the person was. No one's revealing that. But no. you actually found some direct, not direct messages, some live tweets across Twitter. Because remember, until about five years ago, no one used the DM function, did they? That because Twitter no. was a much quieter place, people would just message each other in the open, so to speak. Yes. yes. So tell people, what did you find? What were the messages in the open? Who were they, and who were they messaging?
1: Yeah. So the only reason why I know this is because I've obviously been a tailor-made guy for a while and, and I know who some of the executives are. So I was just sort of perusing through some of, the, <laughs> some of the, the tweets of this sort of Sunday Reddit red account. And I found that there was like several messages ex- exchanged between this account um, and uh, Tomo Bystet, who is a, um, I think now he works for Adidas, but um, uh, previously he was basically like head of uh, product marketing for uh, TaylorMade for a few years. And and it's just, look, if, if this guy is like strictly a fan and he's not Im- involved in either Tigers management or like Im- involved with TaylorMade, um, I can't imagine just some random fan, first of all, knowing who the head of, marketing at TaylorMade is and then like messaging him openly um, on Twitter. So it, it's just, there's a few red flags to this ac- account. Like I have my own theories about like what's, wh- what's going on because there have been so many fake ac- accounts on Twitter over the last two years that like I've personally exposed for being fake accounts. And I have my own theories about who's running them. Um, and they have to be within Ty- Tiger's sphere of, of, of management and such. So I sort of tied those two pieces of the puzzle together and was like, wait, like why is this guy like like messaging, you know, uh Taylor made directly? So there were there were questions about that. There were a lot of other questionable tweets that he had that that we've uh found out. Shout out to Red Harrington, shout out to Achilles from Drunk by the Turn, who found like a lot of these these things between those two, they were able to find a lot a lot of this info. And I think that, um, and there's always people that like come to the defense of like some of these accounts and it's like, why aren't you guys asking these questions about like why they didn't scrub this account? Like this is either a lack of attention to detail.
0: Jay, you and I both know the reason is that sometimes people want to defend people they like. It's the same reason why I'm not going to be political. Same reason why I saw a post today from someone saying, why is no one bringing up that Donald Trump is, um, slurring his words? And that person said, Will you admit that Biden's slurring his words? And the person said he's never slurred his words ever. Now, I, I'm not I'm not on a political I don't care about it, but mm-hmm. to say that Biden's never slurred his words is is it's crazy. is a falsehood. You just know it but that's 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 the thi- that's the thing, Jet. Jay, people like to defend who they love and who they believe in. And at the end of the day, if they want to if they want to defend Tiger, they'll defend Tiger. If they want to defend that's the true. brand, they'll defend the brand. That's mm-hmm. just how people work. And I think that we could lose our minds trying to work out why people are like that.
1: Yeah. That's true. That that's true. But but getting back to the actual brand, I um I've liked some of the things that I that I've seen seen from it. Um I think the shoes have have been have a lot of potential. I really like the cashmere hoodies. Um at this this point, you know, collared shirts are collared shirts. Like, there's there's no one's really sort of uh, you know innovating on that. You know, for the most most part, there are some that look cleaner than than others, and and I think that a lot of this is supposed to be sort of a lifestyle brand, which which is uh you know we'll we'll have to see how that actually plays out. But um, I, I like it for the most part. Like, I've liked the uh, things that that I've seen. Um, am I going to be sort of waiting on online to to buy sunny Sun red stuff? Probably not. Um, um, and, and that's a huge contrast to me. Who's a huge Nike golf apparel guy for 20, 25 years. Like I've, I've bought as much of tiger stuff as I, I possibly could. Uh, things are different now where I don't have the, the same view of tiger that I had before. So I'm probably not, not going to be, you know, I already have enough other fanhood now with, with live and my teams and my players that, that like tigers sort of. Uh, and and Tiger barely plays, so he's he's not he's not high up on my priority list anymore. So, part of me thinks this brand is maybe a little bit too late. Um, well, however, we'll, 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 we'll we will we will see we will see. Yeah.
0: I I happen yeah. to think that Tiger is going to have people buy anything with Tiger on it. Yeah, and not that Tiger needs ever wants or would ever consider my advice. My two pence on it would be. Do limited runs, make it limited edition, price it high. People want put one put one of a thousand, two of a thousand on, on, on there, mm-hmm. just stitch it on there. And maybe maybe that's a great way to go. But we will see. I dare say he's got much, much brighter people in the world of um <laughs> well. branding and clothing to to make you say, decisions, the, the you say that
1: are. but then they have this this huge gaff with with this account so it's like I uh, it, it raises a lot of a lot of questions I think that he needs to bring back that T, TW logo that um I've heard he through my since he said today. No, uh, I, I've heard that, and I was really disappointed to hear that because I'm like that logo is iconic. Like everybody knows the TGW logo.
0: I'm not. I'm not because actually the way he phrased it, I really liked it. He said, "I have no interest in it." That was my previous life. This is a new venture. This is true. This is new. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Draw lines. Go again. Right. Talking about new equipment. And this is mm-hmm. something a bit random. I just want to discuss with you here. Now, I, I don't think we are going to do more than four or five minutes on this. And if anyone worried about getting really bored before we go into our picks for Saudi and go over my horrific picks from um, Vegas, which we won't touch on for too long.
1: <laughs> a
0: report came out, was it a national club golfer? Oh, I think it might have been. I, I might have got the wrong magazine. It wasn't Bunker. I can't remember who it was, but bear with hmm. me. 60% of under 18 handicappers had a driver fitting. 6-0 under 18. 25 over eighteen. Now, great to see sixty percent of a driver fitting, and we had Paul Wood on the pod, didn't we? From um, from yeah, Ping, from Ping, yeah. and he said, and I, and I don't remember the line. I said, I said, I can't believe Paul that you can design a club that works the same for um, Bubba Watson, who can sling it around the back of his head. Tony Finau takes it back about three and a half inches (laughs) and Louis Taysen who swings like silk and Paul, can you remember what Paul's answer was? It was, and that is the greatest advertising ever for club fitting. Mm, So why are we still living in a world where most places will do club fitting either for free or take it off of the cost of a new driver? Are we seeing, under 30% of 18 handicappers getting their driver fit and then I've got a second question in a minute but I want to know, mm-hmm. why are we still seeing so many people
1: not getting their driver fit yeah because I think a lot of people they're not um and and this is it does sort of tie into the handicaps like Typically the people that take their, their golf more seriously, they are lower handy they are lower handicaps so they are out there sort of getting fit, they're sort of up on the newest equipment. Um a, a lot of the players that like aren't as good, like they're not prioritizing fitting because it's just not that important to them. Like they a lot of those, you know, um higher hand- handicaps aren't necessarily uh, going out and purchasing the latest and greatest driver. Like a lot of them are playing hand-me-downs. Like a lot of them are just getting started in the golf. So, and I remember, uh, you know, just sort of starting out in, in golf. Like I um, I didn't know that much about equipment when I first came came into it. I knew tailor-made because like I saw some of my favorite players played it and I wanted to try it. But, but I was not really thinking about getting custom fit until I was very, very deep into uh, my golf fan, phantom. Uh, so we're we're talking between five and ten years in. So and I, and I think that's kind of a, a pattern uh, for a lot of a lot of players, and I think it's something that um, a lot of the man, manufacturers probably need to uh, sort of keep an eye on and sort of find ways to sort of drive those players faster to getting fit because it's it's going to be a little bit of a it's a little bit of a uh, a dance getting those those players those those newer players that are going to be higher handicaps getting them fit into stuff like they're they're not a lot of them are not going to do it on on their own they need to be encouraged to do it so okay so um, I'm gonna take yeah. that and I knew that was going to be your answer okay okay I just knew that was going to be your answer and,
0: and well because it's the
1: only thing that makes sense
0: yeah yeah so I so if that's the answer that makes sense mm-hmm. if sixty percent. So bear in mind the answer you just gave me, which is education, this, that, and the other, okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> thing is, the answer you've given is right, but when I ask you this question, you're going to go, well, I don't bloody know. Mm-hmm. Why on earth, if 60% of under-18s had a driver fitting when they bought new irons, did only 23 sorry, new, a new driver, why did only 23% have a fitting for new irons. If they know the importance to mm. go and get their driver fit, which they're going to hit 12 times around. Yeah. Why then those people who, who, cause I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you. Why when those people are educated and understand the value of the thing, yeah. I, I want to make sure i got the figure right. Sorry. Yeah. 23% okay. have mm-hmm. an iron fitting. So again, These same people under 18, they know why, and they've gone and done it. But for an irons, they
1: don't, and they hit
0: their irons far more than they'll ever hit their driver.
1: Yeah. I've got a few theories about that. One would probably be... Doesn't it
0: just not weigh up against the logic we just had before?
1: Well, I mean... They're
0: educated. (laughs) They should go and do it.
1: The thing about irons is that, like, and and this is mostly in, in the the past, and, and I know things have changed because I'm an equipment junkie and I've been through all stages of like knowing everything there is to know about steel and graphite shafts and everything going going on now. That a lot of people think that like irons are all kind of the same in terms of like there, there's not a, a a ton of like shaft choices like everybody is going to kind of get this the same either dynamic gold shafts or project x or kbs like those those are really the only only main main ones not knowing that there is now there's like LA golf and there's like all these these other sort of they're almost like hybrid where they're uh, uh they they look like like graphite but they feel like steel or vice versa there is a lot more options out out there there now but i think there's a, a lot of players that like they Prioritize fitting over driver because driver is very, very specific. The one goal is to hit it as far, straight as as far and as straight as possible. Um, irons are not quite the same. Where like you're not. I mean, yeah, there, there's some irons that are going to give you a little bit of boost when it comes to distance, and and it does definitely help to to make sure those those gaps are right.
0: Yeah, but um, I just gotta, don't think gotta, a lot of players,
1: you, you know, know, prioritize it. You got to
0: look at like loft and lie and getting that fit to make sure. Like I, I've got a I've got a friend. Yeah. That's, I've got a friend that plays off of fifteen, sixteen, and yeah. How do I put it nicely? Because he does listen. Mm. He's he hit his he was hitting his irons, and he's maybe a quarter inch, half inch shorter than me. Like he's mm. he's five ten and a half. Like he's he's every bit of five eleven. Mm-hmm. And I said, to, I said, and I looked his irons. You so I looked irons. They were they were too long for me. I said, <laughs> yeah. like they they must be they must be off the rack for someone who was six foot, right? Yeah, gotta be. Yeah, off the rack yeah. for someone who's six foot. Maybe someone who was six one. Mm-hmm. So oh, I got them cheap. I said they were meant to be they meant to be eleven hundred quid, and I got them for six hundred. Yeah, because they're for Andre the Giant, That's a big mate. one. It's a yeah, big reason. Andre, yeah, they're yeah. Andre the Giants irons, mate. That's the <laughs> shaft length. They ain't for you. So he, yeah. he hit my he hit my he hit my seven iron, and and he's got. And he hits a great ball, but he doesn't. It doesn't pierce, and it goes a little bit left to right. Like, but and not like a not like you haven't got a cutty swing. Right, and then he went into my irons, and the, the trajectory changed, and and the shape changed a little bit. And I said, "Look, I'm not saying my irons are right for you, but yours are maybe an inch Wrong. too long, maybe <laughs> yeah. an inch and a half too long. Yeah, like this is the bit I don't get." For people, yeah. I understand what you're saying about knowledge about irons and yeah. shafts. But even if you take all of that away, surely you want to go and get your loft and lie in length done.
1: Yeah, but I think a lot of people, a lot of players, they don't feel like they're necessarily good enough. Like their their strikes aren't consistent enough, and well, no, I have to sort clubs of that are three inches too long. They're well, look, I, have, I have to coach people all all the time. Like, yeah, if if you get properly fit you probably will start hitting it more consistently yeah um except a lot of them they just um and i think price has a lot to do with it like if if you have a choice of buying something that's uh two hundred dollars rather than getting custom fit it's gonna gonna cost you uh, maybe 10 times that like there's a lot of people that are just i probably say the majority of people are going to take the uh, cheap the cheaper option so and i totally understand that so um, and, th- and then you sort of get into, all right, are these players buying most, mostly new stuff? Or are they buying used stuff? And again, the higher the handicap, the most likely it is that they're buying something off the rack or they're buying something used or they're buying something cheap because they don't take it seriously enough yet. Except okay. once you start crossing that threshold, then you start thinking about it more. And and then the, the majority of players are going to see some imp- improvement in their scores. There's no que- uh, question about it. Uh, there is just a trade-off when it when it comes to how much you want to spend and how much time you want to spend on it too
0: so if you're watching this on youtube look jump in the comments and i'd really love to hear just write just write the following your handicap and if you've had a driver fitting and an iron fitting i just want to hear if that number those numbers we've heard from that are right so basically if you I want to know uh, what, uh, what's your handicap? Have you had a driver fitting? Have you had your latest set of irons fit or, or maybe not your latest set? Cause you've got exactly the same as your previous, just the newer model, yeah. but you've got your loft and line and all of it. I'd love to hear from you guys and like, drop, drop us a message on that. Now, right. Look, I'm going to do this really quickly because my picks were shit. <sighs> right. Um, live Vegas well done Jay you're massively mm. in the lead no one likes you you pick Brooks who <laughs> finished 13th you picked DJ who came first you picked the Aces who came fourth you're on 67 total points for the season
1: yeah um, the funny thing is I don't really like doing picks like I, I do it because you want to do it but like generally I'm I'm not this isn't something that, that I generally do just because I for a variety of reasons that I won't, won't bore people with. But yeah, uh, well, you
0: know, like, like me, you're addicted. You know, if you ever got into fantasy <laughs> golf again properly, you'd do it all the time. Yeah.
1: Yes. And I'm not doing it. I, <laughs> yeah. I refuse. So I, this I, I will us. not do it. This is you and
0: I scratching our itch. I used to do fantasy football here in the UK and I used to have, I used mm-hmm. to, be, I had a Twitter account and I literally, all I did was follow five different sports physio <laughs> football people to yeah. see if I get inside line on an in injury. Mate, I was ridiculous. I spent hours mm. on it. I spent like two hours a day checking on a Friday. I spent two hours checking to see if I've got any inside physio information for the SAP Look, not doing it. But we're doing mm. this pick. We're, pick, we're, we're scratching our rich. So you're on 67 points for the season. Mark uh, picked uh, Ram, Bryson and Legion 13. Um, so we had an eighth place with John Ram, eleventh with Bryson, and a fifth with Legion Thirteen. I picked Brooks, and who finished thirteenth, and John Ram finished eighth, and I picked the Stingers, who finished twelfth. So the season tally, I'm on eighty four points. And remember, guys, it's the lowest amount of points wins. I'm on eighty four. Mark's on sixty five, and Jay's on sixty seven. So. Who are we picking this week? And Now, just for clarification for everybody, to remind them the cock-up we made the other week. So it's it's slightly, <laughs> slightly changed. So the clarification is you can pick one captain, one non-captain, and one team, but none of those three can be from the same team. So you can't go DJ Reed aces. You've got to pick a captain, a non-captain, and a team and there cannot be any crossover in those teams. So Jay, do you want to fire to me yours or do you want me to give you one of mine first? I've already got mine down.
1: Yeah, I've got mine, mine too. And, uh, look, I, uh, with, with these new rules, it's changed my pick sort of on the fly because, uh, I'm obviously uh, uh, you know Saudi there, there's one player that's basically he, he's won the last two times they they've played here and that that's Brooks Kepka. so I'm picking him to uh, to win hundred percent so yeah. I, I think Kepka wins uh, for my uh, second player I'm going a little bit I'm going with a player that's trending a player that I, th- I think is basically going to be comeback player of the year. Okay. I'm going with Matt Wolf. I think that this course sets up pretty well for him. I think that he's playing really well right right now, um, and I would love to see just that that final day having Brooks kept and Matt Wolf in, in the same group. That would that would be uh, that would that would be incredible. Um, and as far as team goes, I would pick Smash because I could easily see a situation where our Brooks and Taylor Gooch go one two. Yeah. Um, except if I have to to pick some someone else, I'm going to pick Torquay because look, Torque hasn't had the uh, greatest starts of the season. I think that they are they're uh, due for a win. I think that they're uh, due to start playing better, um, and they're they're going to win one of the next three events. There's there's no question in my mind. We might as well start here. I've got Torque winning. Okay. I've actually got Smash winning, but. Torque, Torque, because of the rules. (laughs) So I want to pick Torque, but
0: until Mito Pereira picks up, I just can't do it. Mm. So if I if if I have to be late to Torque Parade, I'll be late to Torque Parade. (laughs) I am going to pick Bryson. Mm. Nice, good. If you look, we talked about Bryson and Pulse, didn't we, on the last podcast about their about their fairways and green stats there they were both absolutely obscene but both yeah. putted pretty poorly Bryson putted yeah. poorly on day three didn't put great on day two despite shooting a 62 so Bryson he, he I have to think that his iron play wedge play and driver are more likely to stay the same and his putting improved than those the other three go downhill now my non-captain I can't look any further than pole position Adrian Moronk. Mm. He it's been confirmed he was one of the people that was really poorly in Mayakoba. Yes. I, I read somewhere, and I don't know if this is official, that he actually had a doctor out. He was that bad. Mm. He was that he was he had he had he had the deli belly, the run the, the runs <laughs> big time. And he was really, really, really quite poorly. Mm-hmm. And then obviously a week later, ready, full, full of food, not feeling sick, ready to go again. And he finished, what was it, seventh? I can't I think it was seventh, he finished. My brain's gone blank. Finished. Tenth. Yeah, that sounds, sounds about tenth. Tenth. Mine oh, seven under that. So I'm picking Bryson and Moronk, which then leaves me Smash as my team. Hmm? I think thing. what I like about this, and I know you don't like doing this, is that actually by not being able to Pick the same one. It means you've got to get a bit tactical about which player you pick to allow you to free up that team. Yeah. So That's right. I'm locked in with Bryson and or well, Bryson and Moronka is my two players, and Smash is my team. You've got Brooks and Wolf and Torque. Jay, it's been a pleasure. Is there anything you'd like to say before we end this show and allow our people to get on with their days?
1: <laughs> no, I think we've pretty much covered. Uh, covered it all. I'm looking forward to. Uh, the rest of the season, and uh, you know, I gotta admit, like uh, now that the live se- season has just started, it's uh, it's becoming harder and harder for me to like really get into the PJ tour. Like I, I Genesis is, is is one of my favorite events. It's uh, one of my favorite golf courses. I've been to the LA Open numerous times. Um, I, I'm not sure how, how much of it I'm going to watch. Like, I'm going to watch some of it o- over the weekend, but uh, it, it used to be appointment viewing for me when, like, it, it had all the best best players, most of the best players. Um, Now, you know, with most of the, my favorite players o- over at Live Golf, it's it's definitely not as uh, appointment viewing as it was. So uh, we'll just have to hope uh, that there, there's some sort of coming together and the the next you know few months to a year that allows some of the live live players to uh, play in an event event like this uh but i'm i'm not opt- optimistic about it right now
0: yeah well, i look, i I'm, I'm, i love golf hence the name um i will be watching it i have watched some of it patty ice just skis downhill man that guy mm-hmm. one, once he gets going he gets going and um I put a sermon out, and then I think literally like three minutes after the sermon, he hits someone in the crowd on eighteen. But I, I haven't checked that because we be are that's that, that's 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 the type of thing. So you, you, mm-hmm. you, these things happen. I would love just to say, if you are getting clubs, get fit. Um, and if you want some wedges, head over to my Twitter or my Instagram and look at the free customization you get and the ten percent you get off. Uh, if nothing else, that video is so cool of the of the engraving and the lasering. I think the de- apparently the days of doing the stamping they think are going because the stamping. Huh? Some people think the stamping might affect the club. I don't know if it does. Really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. I, I suppose it kind of makes sense that it might. I don't know if it does or not, but whacking one piece does. of metal aggressively into another piece of metal that's been finely tuned might yeah. not be the best thing to do but <laughs> hey who knows like i i'm not i'm not, I'm not, I'm not a metallurgy specialist <laughs> so i will not be passing <laughs> comments But everybody thank you so much hope you enjoyed the show jay love you to bits buddy and uh, everybody have a great weekend week whatever you're going to be doing enjoy the golf remember try to be kind online you don't have to disagree you don't have to be a dickhead love you all take care